Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. And the idea is that your brain is the control center and if your brain is sick or dark or confused, you can do all the outward things that you want. You can dress well. You can train your body well. You can put on makeup and look nice and do your hair well. But if your brain is sick, your life will be sick. The Bible says in Proverbs that as a man thinks in his heart, that's who he is. That's how he is. So is he. And so we want to look for several weeks at this idea of getting our thinking healthy. And the aim and, and vision is for us to have healthy minds and thoughts, which are full of light, not darkness, which have clarity, not confusion, and which become fertile places for God's life and His power to flow out of us. And I'm believing that we can and that we will. And last week we mentioned how the entrance of God's Word brings light, but today I want to talk about another key. And I really believe this is one of those nuggets. I say this every now and again in a sermon, that there are some sermons that are they're like classics. They're like nuggets that you will hold on to for the rest of your life. And I believe today is one of those. There is a key to allowing light into your mind that we're going to talk about today that I believe will change your life but it will stay with you forever. And if you keep remembering and practicing this principle that we're going to talk about today, it will change your life. Your mind will become a place of light instead of darkness. And I know that's a big build-up, but I want to say that God's Word gives us big things. He says in Ephesians 3, he, He's able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine, and this is one of those. So... I'm going to start with Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. It should go up on your screen. And it says, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their hearts, their foolish hearts, were darkened. Although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, and they became futile in their thoughts, aimless, pointless, meaningless, wandering around in confusion, futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And then he goes on in the next few verses to talk about what comes out of a darkened heart, and it's all sorts of lifestyle pain and confusion and sin. It's a terrible picture of, of society where our minds are darkened. And then in verse 28, he says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. And those it goes together. Verse 21 and verse 28 go together along with all the lifestyle sins that go along with it, but it comes out of a darkened mind. Futile thoughts, a darkened mind where the light isn't entering, and it says God eventually gives them over to a debased mind. You say, why does God give someone over to a debased 
mind. The reason is because your salvation is so precious to God that he says, I'm going to let you go in this road that you're wanting to take away from me so that maybe you'll wake up, you'll experience the consequences of where you're going and you'll turn back to me and you'll say, God, I'm sorry. But he's not going to put plasters over our pain if we're still running away from him. He's going to say, I'm going to let you get the results of where you're going so that you'll turn back to me and cry out to me and then I'll heal you. But I want to look at this idea here today that it says their minds were futile in verse 21 um, and the reason is although they knew God they did not glorify him nor were they thankful and this is counterintuitive if if you were to say to someone who's in a darkened mind state they've been living far from God a bit like the prodigal son and they're eating the pig food and they're far from their beautiful home where they grew up and you said to them what is the key to getting their mind to wake up why why did they get so far from God most of us would not say that thankfulness was the problem but the Bible says that thankfulness is the problem that leads to a, a lack of thankfulness leads to a darkened mind but thankfulness can bring your mind back from darkness into light and I want to say that this is counterintuitive, but I've seen it again and again and again over the years and the decades that I've been a believer. I've seen thankfulness be the, the kickstarter that gets me back to a place of light and space and joy and looking forward with optimism and God's presence and power flooding into my mind and all that darkened futility and confusion being cast out of my mind. I've seen thankfulness being the key. And you may be sitting here today and you say, I am not going to be thankful. You don't know what's been done to me. You don't know what a hard life I've had. You don't know all the problems that are coming against me. It's not fair. People are against me. Life is horrible. I'm a victim. And I want to say to you, my dear brother or sister, with humility, but I must give you the medicine that you need. Thankfulness will change your life. I met a lady in 1998 called Beatrice Werudza. She was 78. She had arthritis. She was poor. She lived in a tiny little home in a township in eastern Zimbabwe, a township called Sakubwa. And when I met this lady, I thought this lady has every reason to be depressed and to think that she's got the short end of the stick and a raw deal in life. She'd grown up in a society where there was racial segregation and she never got the opportunities that other people got. She never got the education that other people got. She was in poverty. She never got health care provided. She, she just never got anything. Nothing was given to her in life. Her husband had died. She was a widow. He died quite young. She had every reason to be unhappy. And she was the happiest lady I have ever met. You know, I, I just remember her saying to me several times, I am so rich. She would say this to me. She would say, 
I am so rich. I'd say, why are you rich, Beatrice? Because I was in her home and I could see she wasn't rich. In one meeting, she only had a few chairs. We were in a Christian meeting in her home. And um, so I sat on the floor. I was very happy to sit on the floor. But she had this belief that the pastor should sit on a chair. And she wanted to sit on the floor and make me sit on the chair. And we had a very tense battle of the wills. <laughs> We had a standoff. She said, no, you, pastor, must sit on the chair. This is my house, and you sit on the chair. And I said, Beatrice, I am not sitting on that chair. <laughs> and there was tense quiet for a bit. She looked at me. I looked at her. She said, is this guy serious? And eventually, yes, I sat on the floor, and she sat on the chair. But she would say to me, I am rich. And I'd say, why are you rich, Beatrice? She says, look at my hands. I can do so much with my hands. I've got the most amazing gift of the ability to use my fingers and my hands. She says, look at these eyes I've got. I can see things amazingly. She said, look at the brain God has given me. I can think. She said, look, I can breathe in and out. She was a thankful person. It just oozed out of her. She was thankful. And I want to tell you that as a result of that, a whole community was changed by the life of one old poor lady. She used her home as a refuge. People who had no home, especially young children who had nowhere to go, would come and live with her. At one stage, she had 15 um, orphans living in her home, and she was looking after them. She had no idea where the money was going to come from to feed them, but she was thankful, and God blessed her. Her mind was focused. It wasn't dark. It was full of joy and life, and she changed her community, and I've seen it again and again. I've seen people who, in the world's terms, have everything, but they are unhappy people. Have you seen those people? And the reason is always because they're comparing themselves to someone who has more, isn't it? Yeah. Where, where their frame of references, they're standing here, they're actually blessed by God because God has loved them, forgiven them. If they're a believer, He's washed them clean, He's given them a purpose, He's given them a citizenship in heaven. But they're standing here, seated in heavenly places, the Bible says, if they could just look at it from God's perspective, but instead of that, they look at themselves and they look at the person who's got a little bit more than them. Or they have some expectation of what the world should have given them or what they deserve. And as a result, they compare themselves. And even if they're a little bit below, suddenly they're no longer thankful. They are complainers. Or they're bitter that something bad has happened to them. Or they feel entitled. I believe it's the, it's the sickness, the scourge of the young person today, is they feel entitled. The will, I deserve, I deserve a good job, good pay, everyone to like me, everyone to treat me as the most special, I deserve everyone to serve me, why aren't you serving me, world? And as a result, they're not thankful. Although they knew God, their hearts and their minds became futile and darkened because they weren't thankful, and they go down a spiral. You know, I'm so blessed. I, I'm in the privileged position of being able to see young Christians grow up and to become mature, strong servants of God. And the consistent thing that I see when a person 
develops and becomes a powerful person who's used by God greatly. The consistent theme always is thankfulness. Always. It's always thankfulness. I met a man who is now a leader of a massive ministry. He has thousands of people listening to him preach every day. And I said to him, how did you start your ministry? He said, I went to the church as a brand new believer when I was 20 years old and I said, I want to serve. And they said, we need somebody in those days, they didn't have the internet, they said, we record on an audio tape our sermons, we need somebody to listen to all the sermons and to cut them up into little snippets and make little five minute messages that we can send out to people. And he said, I spent 10 hours a day in a little dark room listening to sermons and cutting them up. For over a year he did that. Just alone in a dark room listening. And he said he wasn't getting paid very well. It was a low pay. But he said I was thankful and because of that I'm now able to take what I learned by listening to those hundreds of hours of sermons and share them with the world. And he, he was thankful. There are people in our church, I, you know, I'm just so grateful for the servant-hearted, grateful people we have in our church. There are people in our church who every Sunday come to me and they've done the hardest job and the least glorified job. They're usually working in the kitchen or setting up the chairs or hoovering after, after we finished our service or packing away. They, they do the, the hard work. And every week somebody comes to me and says, thank you for the opportunity to serve God. I, it just humbles me. But you know what? I know, I can see in my mind the trajectory of those people in the Lord. And it's a, it's a strong tra trajectory to being mightily used by God. Every one of them will be mightily used because God uses the humble and the thankful. And their hearts are full of light because they are thankful. So let me read you a few scriptures. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You say, what is God's will for me? Lord, I'm looking for your will. I want the best job. I want the best opportunity. I want to know where you're leading me. God, if you will just speak to me, then I'll know your will. God, I'm in darkness. I don't know the way forward. Where should I go, God? He says, thankfulness is the will of God for you. Wow. Could it be as simple as me saying thank you for what I have and what God has done in my life and where he's taken me? Could thankfulness be enough for me to jump onto the track that is God's will. Try it. In everything give thanks. Not just when you get given a massive salary increase, but when you get given the opposite, a salary decrease. Thank you, God. And I need to just press this point home for a bit. Ephesians 5 verse 18 not only says in everything give thanks, it says give thanks for everything. And there's a subtle difference there. In everything means even though I'm under a terrible oppression or trial or stress, I say thank you God. But for everything means God, I thank you for that person who's treating me unfairly, gossiping, lying about me, stealing money from me. I thank you for them. Why? 
because I know that you're using that terrible attack of the devil you're turning it around what the devil meant for evil you're turning it around for good you're teaching me something you're getting rid of the dross and, and purifying my faith and making it like pure gold and you're developing me you're teaching me new things you're training me you're growing me you're making me strong in Christ and it'll work out for good you'll work all things together for good for better than it would have been if that person hadn't been horrible to me thank you God for that person or that event or that trial that is an extraordinary skill to learn. Thank God for everything. Colossians 3 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called, and be thankful. Verse 17, And whatever you do, whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him you know there's this theme that runs especially in the New Testament of giving thanks for food when Jesus fed the 5,000 a little boy gave him his lunch his fish and his bread and Jesus gave thanks and broke it and it multiplied and we sometimes think that that means it's just a formality it's just like saying grace before food it's just a formality it's not a it's not a powerful thing it's not an important thing, it's just a ritual. It's just a tradition, giving thanks. Thank you for this food, now I break it, but now I'm gonna do the miracle of multiplying it. I wanna tell you that the thanking is what brings the power. When you give thanks for anything, whatever you do, he says, give thanks. It brings, it brings the power. In fact, there's a verse in 1 Timothy 4 which says, that God can make something clean and pure. He's talking about food. He says that there are some people who forbid you from eating certain types of food. And then in verse 4 of 1 Timothy 4, he says, But everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Yes, the word of God and prayer. But he's actually said it's the thanksgiving. That's the word of God and that's the prayer in this verse that he's saying sanctifies or, or makes clean whatever it is you're eating. And then lastly, Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Friend, are you anxious? Maybe the darkness in your mind. Remember, we're talking about a mind that is dark and we're opening a window of light to let God's light, His fresh air, His power, His cleansing flood into your mind. Maybe it's anxiety for you. Maybe you read the news or you listen to your friends or you listen to the adverts on TV which tell you something bad is going to happen. You better be ready. You better be worried. You better be prepared and fearful. That's the message that the world gives us. You know, fear is simply faith in the devil's promises. Fear is nothing but believing the devil's 
promises. And it might be that anxiety is your darkness, it's your futility, it's your chain around your mind that keeps you in darkness. But listen to the answer. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in everything, the little and the big, in everything, in every situation, wherever there's anxiety or problems, in everything, by prayer and supplication, that means we talk to God and we ask for His help, but then it says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Every single time we pray, He says we are supposed to pray with thanksgiving. How can I pray with thanksgiving? Every time I pray. Aren't I asking for something? Isn't prayer trying to twist God's arm? Isn't prayer where God says, I don't really want to be bothered or help you, but if you twist my arm and bother me enough, then I'll help you. Isn't that what prayer is? No. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is saying, thank you, God, that you want to help me. Mark 11, 24, he says, when you pray, believe that you have received it. Thank you, God, that you have answered this prayer already. You've provided all things that I need for life and godliness. You've paid for all my sins through Jesus' death. You have blessed me and blessed me with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Thank you, God. And so I pray and ask, but I do it with thanksgiving. Thank you, God. Thank you that I'm not against you in prayer, but it's you and me against a negative situation in prayer. Thank you, God, that we are teaming up to fight this issue in our lives. I'm not anxious. I thank you, God. Your promises are true. King David, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be on my lips. And he, that's the theme that goes through the, the book of Psalms. He again and again thanks God. And as a result, God floods in. And I'm going to give you the last key here. And that is that when we thank God, we open a door for Him to flood in to our situation with His peace, with His power, with His miracle ability to take something bad and turn it and use it as a, an agent for good. When we thank God, God floods in. Psalm 22 says God is enthroned or inhabits the praise of His people. Think about that for a second. The minute you say a praise word, you're in the supermarket. There's a queue of 15 people. You're late for your next meeting. Are you going to make it? Darkness, anxiety, fear, frustration. You say, I'm going to start listening to what pastor said. Let me thank God for this situation. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I'm in a supermarket. Thank you that I have the money in my pocket to pay. Thank you, God, for this lovely place of warmth and light and heating. Thank you, God, there is food. Thank you that I have a meeting to go to. Thank you that I have my health. Thank you for my family. Thank you that you love me. You're on my side. Your promises are true. You've forgiven me. I'm seated with you in heavenly places. Praise you, Lord. Praise you for this cue because maybe you're protecting me from an accident that would have happened if I'd bought it quickly. Thank you, thank you. The first thank you you said... God is enthroned or inhabits the praises of His people. The minute you praise Him, whoosh, His presence floods into that place. 
people in the queue start sensing something unusual. God inhabits your praise. Are you in a dark place? Not just in between your ears, but maybe it's really dark. Maybe you've got terrible financial constraints. Maybe you've got sickness. Maybe there's a relationship that is so difficult. Maybe a tragedy has happened. Maybe somebody has done something awful to you. I want to tell you that when you praise Him, you praise Him in the circumstance, and then you praise Him for the circumstance, His power floods in. It changes you, and light comes on in your mind, but then it changes the situation around you. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, the nation of Israel is faced with a large army, an overwhelming enemy, and King Jehoshaphat appoints musicians to go in front of the army as they're marching towards these horrible enemies who've got swords and who have an intention to hurt them. And the singers are on the front line and they're walking forward and they're saying, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. And the power of the Lord came in and the enemy started turning on each other and stabbing each other because God's presence makes anything possible. Father God, I choose today to make a decision to be a thankful person. Lord, as a decision of my will, I choose to thank you in every circumstance and for every circumstance. Father, I choose to be a person who sees not the glass half empty, not even the glass half full. God, I choose to see my cup runneth over. And I trust you, God, because with you, anything is possible. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.